Hello and welcome to the Arista Wealth Podcast, where we focus on your finances, wellness, and lifestyle, so you can focus on living your dreams. We'll help you navigate through important topics so that you can elevate your life and financial health. Let's get started with your host, Paul Moffitt. Hello, welcome to Arista Advice Podcast. Today is episode 39 of the Arista Wealth Podcast, and we're super excited to have the very best Allison O'Shea join us. She's a wonderful person that has lots of years of experience. She has over 17 years of direct hands-on experience working with seniors and their families in the role of executive director for various senior living companies. This experience has given her the knowledge to really bring a lot of things to today's podcast to help us all know more potentially of how we can prepare better in the future. This experience has given her the knowledge and the reputable voice in the confusing and overwhelming world of aging. Let's face it, folks, we're all going to be aging. So why not learn about it today or plant a seed of what we can do to age more gracefully, as many say in our offices when they come in for annual reviews or meetings. But in January of 2022, Allison became brave. She became (laughs) fearless. She became resentless. And she went out and opened Openly Aging LLC. And she is a thriving entrepreneur, and we're super excited to support her in doing this. Through Openly Aging, she helps families navigate all of the options and resources available to them. One of the missions of Openly Aging is to bring education to the community to be a change agent and how we talk about aging moving forward. Allison, welcome to the Arista Wealth Podcast. Thank you so much. I'm really excited to be here. We're thrilled, and this is something that is applicable to all of us, so we're excited. Where are you joining us from the United States today, Allison? I am in Durham, North Carolina. Go Duke. That's where I am based out of, the Triangle, Raleigh-Durham, Chapel Hill. Yeah, Chapel Hill and all the other great uh, schools there. Raleigh's a great place and grateful to have you. You know, Allison, let's jump into this. Why 17 years executive director and then you say, I'm going to go do openly aging. Why openly aging? Sure. So being an executive director, senior living, it comes with its own challenges. And I was very successful in that role, which meant larger communities, more associates. And I realized in the last few years, I mean, I think COVID, I was one of those COVID, uh, (laughs) you know, COVID put a lot of things in perspective for me. Being in senior living during COVID was challenging, but I was really missing what I got into the field for, which was helping families and helping them realize what options are out there. So it really all kind of came together that it was time after all my experience that I should be able to jump right in and help families navigate aging. Well, through these past 10 months, as I started in January, I really realized there was a missing voice in all of this in regards to, we talk about caregivers, we talk about post-retirement, 85 and older. We're missing a group of people from early retirement to needing support where we could really help those people just start thinking about things, putting ideas in place, identifying things. So when it does get to their post-retirement where maybe they need a little support, they have put control for themselves because they have basically put a blueprint out there for their support system to follow to the best of their ability. So that's really how I've come into talking to financial advisors, people like that, people like yourself is because we're kind of missing. We prepare financially, we're not preparing emotionally or spiritually. 
Yeah, that's wonderful. There is a big gap. And that's why we're excited to have you join us today is we run all the algorithms and the Monte Carlos and we do really good on the balance sheet and the income statement. But talking about it and preparing for it, it's just like this invisible thing. You plan for it thinking it'll never happen. Well, yeah. the likelihood is it's going to happen. And then I've seen so many families in crisis, adult children in crisis, because all of a sudden mom and dad need more than what is going on currently. And they are put in a position where they have to make these really big decisions when mom and dad could have really helped with those decisions earlier on just by, I have five questions that you should just ask yourself and it'll help you prepare. And let's jump into those, Allison. Let, let's start with those big five questions sure. that we need to ask ourselves. So the first one, and this is one that I think is really important, is you need to identify who your aging support system is going to be. You need to identify that years before you need them, because for various reasons, say it is, you know, we live in a world where children aren't staying around. So they're maybe all your children live out of state with grandkids all over the place. And so identifying most of the time it's an adult child, identifying which adult child do you want to have your aging support system? Where do they live? Do you need to plan to move there in the next 10 years? If you don't plan on moving and you want to stay home and maybe you have your support system around you, which is wonderful, does your house need to be looked at? Is it accessible looking at 10 years down the road when you may need some support? So it's just really kind of thinking ahead 10 years at a time. The other thing too is if you come to find out or realize that you really can't identify a support system for various reasons. Well, that's when you really need to get to understand what a geriatric care manager may provide you. So it's a resource that's out there. So that's kind of the time when you can really start thinking about what those options are. But identifying your support system should be your first step. That's outstanding. And what's the second question for our listeners today? Well, that would be you, finances. You do need to have a good understanding of your finances, what things cost, where you are. And there's no, I always tell people, there's no right answer to that. If you have unlimited finances, which is wonderful, you need to know those soon because say you are really interested in moving into what we call a continuing care retirement community. Those are those buy-in communities with all levels of care. Most of them have 10 to 15 year wait lists. So you have to think about those ahead of time. Yep. If you don't have a lot of finances, and that is a concern, there are a lot of local community support, free caregiver support. Those also have 10-year wait lists. So you have to be ahead of getting yourself on some lists. The worst thing that can happen is you get a call that your name has been pulled and you just decline, but you still stay at the top of the list. So, But at least it's almost like an insurance policy. Wow. With people aging and living longer, they get in to that bed in that retirement center and they're not moving. <laughs> you know? too long and then they can't enjoy it if that's the case. So yeah. 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 So thinking ahead of very important. Okay. Number three. Number three is you have to have a basic understanding of the options. A lot of times people don't even start looking into what is the difference between assisted living, skilled nursing, CCRC, which is the one I just mentioned, home care, home health. There's so many different 
options, just having a basic knowledge. And I always recommend to people that are newly retired, you have maybe a little bit more time. A lot of large senior living communities in your area or senior centers will host a lot of free information. Get on their mailing list. It may be a topic that just by going and spending an hour and getting some free food and some drink, you could learn and have a little bit more knowledge about some of the options. That's great. Drum roll to number four. Number four Number question. four is, yep, have you communicated with your support system? Does your support system know that your plan is to move into a continuing care retirement community? You've already put down the wait list. Or my plan is to stay home. I'm going to bring my master bedroom downstairs, do whatever I need to do the house to make sure it's accessible. Do they know what your ultimate plan is? That's really important. And sitting down, telling them what are your finances. Your support system should be somebody that you can have full disclosure about what your goals, finances, and any concerns that you have. If there's a new diagnosis that comes up, your support system needs to know. If you go to the doctor and you get bad news, they need to know. So it's really communicating as you're aging. You may not need that support system every day in your life. You're still able to manage, but at least making sure that you're communicating as things present themselves. So they feel empowered to help guide you through what your goals are the best that they can. That's outstanding. Two quick questions inside question number four is, I mean, how many individuals are in these facilities and how many facilities are there? And is there a shortage? And is it sort of goes back to question number two about that wait list. How many are there and how many people are in? Just to provide some insight to our listeners. To be honest with you, I have no idea how many. There's tons. <laughs> I mean, every area, even just here in Durham, we have five continuing care retirement communities that are very well known, very well respected, and they all have between eight to 15 year wait lists. That's five just in one market. There's different types, and that can be a whole different podcast. There's an equity model, there's the buy in model, but there's a model for everything. There's also the rental. So the independent living rental where you pay by the month around here alone, I would say there's at least 10. So that means in other markets. And then, of course, when it comes to assisted living, that is a lot of times it's very need driven, of course. And most of the time, a family is having to make that decision. You know, if the aging loved one has put a plan and said, if that ever needs to happen, it's an easy transition. That's such a blessing that they can do for their loved one. But of course, no one wants to go to assisted living, but there's times when it is necessary. Yeah. Awesome. But what I tell people is if you get out, if you're just sitting at home and not receiving services, you're going to fail sooner than if you're at home receiving all the support you can leading up to maybe needing care. That's really where I see people are most successful living independently as long as they can, if they're willing to accept support here and there. Great. And the final question, Allison, what's question number five? Well, this one's a big one. This one throws everyone every time is, are you listening to your support system? So when I first started this, I've done a few podcasts and I'll never forget one of the first ones I did. The host said, well, I'm sure 
you see how older people aren't treated well, or they're not heard. And you want to be an advocate for that. And of course, that is helping the aging person will always be my number one. But I have seen so many times in my career, where an aging and older person is being so unrealistic, angry, and resentful, that and not listening to what their support system is saying that they can and cannot do. And it causes so much grief. Your adult daughter probably does not want to come to your house four times a day to make sure you took your medicine or every time they have to come, if they can't make it within 24 hours, they have to make sure somebody else comes and checks on you. Those are things that you have to listen. A lot of times now, as you said, people are living longer Well, also people are having children later. They're working later in life. So a lot of these times adult children are raising children, maybe high school, still in college, or maybe even younger. And they're also probably in the midst of the most successful part of their career. So when you combine all that, plus an aging loved one who is being resistant to any sort of additional support to help that family member, it can really cause a lot of clashing. So it's really being aware that you have to listen to your, and I coach adult children also on how to, how to say to mom and dad, listen, here are my, I'm going to do all of this. I love you. I'm going to do it, but here are my boundaries. Here is as far as I can go before we need to start maybe calling in some additional support. So it's having that open conversation. And we also have to be aware as we're aging, our ideal blueprint may have to change. The course of care due to a new diagnosis, due to a medical emergency may have to be altered. And you have to trust the support system you have put into place and have identified that they have your best interest in mind and they're doing the best they can for themselves and for you. Wow. Those are five amazing questions, Allison. And number one was identifying your aging support system. Number two is the finances to support the aging support system. Number three, is have the basic understanding of all the options. There's tons of free information. Number four was to communicate with your support system. And number five is, are you listening? There's a great book entitled, Are You Listening? But that fifth question is, are you listening to your support system and having all of the statistics that you say are real? And we're all going to end up in the cemetery or the mausoleum, aren't we, Allison? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Or the mantle in an urn. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And give us a little insight also about this blueprint that you've referenced a couple times. Sure. So I call it an aging plan. The first time I meet with newly retired or people that are all of a sudden starting to think, okay, or hear my message and believe in what I say, we just start with that first question and that second question. And we just put a basic blueprint together of, okay, where are you currently living? Where is your support system? What does your house look like? Is there a lot of maintenance on your house? What are the finances? So it's basically just breaking down a lot of those questions and just making people think about this. A lot of times they're not thinking about it. It's as simple as, like I said, if your support system you've identified You know, I'll give an example. My parents, they are newly retired, just built a house out on the coast of North Carolina, loving life. But we've had many conversations that there's no family out there. I'm three hours away. So they know in 10 to 15 years, or hopefully not sooner, you know, if an emergency arises, they're in very good health, that we'll be having conversations because I'm not moving out there. 
so they know that they're going to enjoy their house there, but they know that ultimately choices are going to have to be made to get closer to me as being their support system. And we will work together and have open dialogue to know when that timing is right. And it may never be. They may be fine out there for a long time and we're able to call in services or whatever. And I feel comfortable with how often I have to go there, but we have to have the conversation in case it gets to a point where we do have to make a hard decision. It's not going to surprise them or upset them. And so that's the way I look at the aging plan is just putting the, just the talking points. And then, like I said, that first step could be 10 to 15 years of successful living independently. That's the goal. And it just gets reassessed. But the whole ultimate goal of the aging plan and the whole goal of openly aging, what I do is we need ageism is because ageism happens because we end up as older adults having to rely on others. We have a crisis. Somebody has to come in and save us. If we have a plan in place that we've communicated, we keep control of our aging to the best of our ability, which will then therefore eradicate ageism because we're not, we're dependent on somebody, but it's already been pre-planned and we've already told them and we've taken control of that and they've agreed to it. And so that's really my goal is to help people keep control of their aging as long as possible. I love it. And as I sat here and listened to your insightful comments, Allison, a common thing came up, talk and listen ask question and listen and and just get that conversation started and then it will lead to a blueprint it will lead to the finances it will lead to understanding it will lead to having a game plan put together as you said and so just goes down to those two fundamental things asking questions and listening and great things happen they always do <laughs> we can yeah we can pretend all day long that it's not going to happen but that's yeah. unrealistic yeah, 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 yeah. So, and so, by so, not so. talking about it, it doesn't make it not happen. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're so right. And Allison, how can people follow you and where can people get more resources about this great topic of openly aging? Sure. So I'm really active on LinkedIn. Every week I do a new topic that we focus on. And then I introduce a category within an aging industry that people might not know about. So definitely LinkedIn, Allison O'Shea. My website is openlyaging.com. And then of course you can find me openly aging on Facebook and Instagram and everything I do on LinkedIn. I obviously do on Facebook and Instagram. My Facebook, because that's kind of the age... Facebook's kind of the bread and butter. So that's been a really good place for me to post my information. And then of course, on my website, if you want to contact me and I can help do family Zooms, I can talk to people in their early retirement to just start putting that plan in place. Or if you want help talking to an adult, you know, your support system, but also from the other side, if you're an adult child and you really want your parents to start talking about it, that's also a, a place that I'm very, very, very comfortable with. So I can help navigate that as well. That's great. Allison, great to have you. Listeners, I hope that you enjoyed today's podcast, episode 39 with Allison. Really good, valuable information and insight. Please remember to uh, go to Arista Wealth Podcast and download it, share it, and comment. We're excited for our next episode. And please remember to go to aristwealth.com to get other tools, tips, resources, and resources to live a life of significance. 
This episode of the Arista Wealth Podcast has ended, but be sure to subscribe for more advice on your finances, wellness, and lifestyle so you can focus on living your dreams. Don't forget to rate and review so we can continue to bring you the best content. See you on the next episode.